0: Welcome to Six in the Mix. Yo, when this plot comes to talk, pull a chair and prepare. We have six in the mix. When we speak, it's unique. Buried views, no excuse for the news to be void of some fun and the truth. Word. We are a band of brothers who met and bonded. Starting families and branching out across the United States, we are coming back together to strengthen our relationships through the podcast platform. We call ourselves Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Join us on our journey. In episode 18, we will be looking at some politics and the start of Joe Biden's presidency. That should be exciting. As always, we'll have six in the mix trivia. We've got Calling Your Shot that focuses on uh, the Minnesota Vikings, which should be great, as always, feel-good story of the week. Ben will be sharing that with us. And then in Fix Your Eyes, Ryan will be sharing his testimony. So to start us off, I'm going to
1: turn it over to Jeremy. Thanks, Matt. We do have a topic here where we're talking about Biden and the uh, first 100 days and putting masks on, on everybody and making that a mandate. And then really, uh, Biden's idea of, of giving Kamala Harris a um, her way and kind of capitulating to some of her things. So again, we find ourselves immersed in the politics of the day. Whether you like it or not, there are undertones, there are riptides in our communities, our state, our country, that will be very much impacted by our future president and his running mate. And there has been much speculation as to the ability, really, for Joe to keep up with the monumental task of not only running our country, but also being a voice and protector of the free world. In this COVID crazed world, adding a, uh, with an aiding media, Biden and Harris have dodged tough questions and have neglected, in my opinion, to show their true colors. It's widely known that Biden did not have a choice really in his VP pick. In an interview during an early political career, that is Biden's career, he was quibbling about, and to use his words in a quote, to be able to prostitute to the highest bidder. Those are his own words. He was suggesting in the 70s that his political future and agenda were up for grabs and that he would willingly be a mouthpiece for whoever needed him most. Leadership quality? I think not. Nevertheless, He's logged almost 50 years in Washington and is a willing participant of this deep state. Now, I know from my own failures and inconsistencies that it is near impossible to change leadership marks on a dime. For Biden, it would be near impossible to adopt a philosophy that would put a real bipartisan approach to the people and unite this great country. It would be near impossible to sever old relationships when debts owed politically, financially, socially, and otherwise. Yeah, this is our president-elect with a VP walking ever so closely while having the ear of our president. Leaders should surround themselves with the best counsel. This has to be done as the president of the United States. Will Joe do this? Is Kamala Harris at the level of this counsel? Are the cabinet picks and future picks with this in mind, three verses that I just like to quote Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors, their safety. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise counsel, you will wage your wo- your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And in Proverbs 15, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Now, all these verses have the idea of counsel and definitely lead- leaders have counsel around them. It is one thing to put people around you that can be just considered a counselor. It's quite another surround yourself with counselors that have an agenda that is simultaneous with this idea. God is supreme, and the good people of this country is second. The priority is different in these upcoming years. So we're going to look at two ideas. Biden's 100 days of masks mandate whether that's countrywide or however that fleshes out? And, and really, how excited are you about this? Uh, secondly, will Biden really just default to his VP's aggressive agenda and use the presidency of the U.S. to accomplish the will of only, quote, some in our country? And so we're gonna have everybody weigh in on this, these two ideas. And really, maybe they both morph into this concept of leadership. Is the leadership going to take our country where it needs to go? So I have an order here that I'm going to ask, and I'm going to put Ethan on the spot first. Don goes to Matt third, Ben uh, fourth, and Ryan fifth. So here we go. Ethan, talk about Biden and the 100 days of mass and really where you're you're at with uh, his VP running mate and Biden's kind of capitulation to maybe most of her or some of her agendas. Wow. I get to go frank. It's
2: about lead off. Uh, that's Good a little unusual, off. going back to our days of uh, college baseball, where I usually was in the three hole, trying to uh, <laughs> trying to bring Ryan home from uh, first base where he was uh, stranded after getting hit by a pitch, or, uh, <laughs> or beating out a uh, half check swing bunt <laughs> single bloop. <laughs> Love it, but uh, Love but yeah, it. I guess I guess I can I guess I can step into his shoes as the uh, leadoff hitter and, and take a swing. You know, I think. I appreciate a lot of your thoughts about leadership, Jeremy. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know much about um, I don't know much about Biden's heart. I don't know much about Joe's core principles. I think y- you did mention, you know, I, I don't I would have loved to have seen uh him and the the political process be a little bit more transparent perhaps in Absolutely. actually asking questions and seeing him answer questions so that we had a better idea of of what what he's what he stood for. I don't think we really know that in every case, but but I think that's probably not an it's not just on his side of the aisle. I think you know, politically in the last couple of decades we've seen a move far away from uh, taking stances on on something that, that people say they believe um, and explaining how they want to uh, set an agenda to move towards something. And I think we've seen a move away from that politically, especially the last couple decades, to saying as little as possible, um, except in vague generalities that can never be pinned down because politically getting pinned down is dangerous. Uh, yeah, you're think, absolutely right. I think that's becoming less and less true. Now, I think, after the election, I think you know we've we've started to see some hints and and some statements here and there that that show us some of the things that that joe uh that president elect Biden is intending to put forward um I think it's hard sometimes to know what of those are kind of wetting the finger to the wind to see which way the wind blows and what of those are real. I do think the hundred days uh mask mandate. I suspect it's kind of, it's more my opinion that that is more of him testing the winds uh, to see where that could go and what that could look like and what the political repercussions of that are. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I think there would be some major issues if he tried to do that with states' rights, um, some of the some of the rights of governors and state legislatures to have um, the ability to set their own laws and their own injunctions. Um, I think there would be some major issues with that. So I'm not a fan of it uh, being mandated nationally. Um, I would I would prefer that that be something that's left more to the states to determine based on their needs, based on where they are in the curve. And what medical professionals are saying is appropriate for those areas. Um, so that's that's my personal opinion in regards to the other issue. You know, I don't know. I don't know what his intention was with what he said uh, in the in the in the interview. Um, it seems to me that it may have been joking, but who knows um, if what his what his perception was with that. I do think that there. No one loves seeing someone whose whose desk is the place that the buck stops acting as if they're ready to run when there's some kind of conflict. And so that doesn't engender me with a lot of hope uh, for the future. Um, Personally, I'd I'd prefer to see um, a leader lead uh, with humility and strength at the same time of saying, hey, this is this is my vision. This is where I'd like to see us go. This is why. Let me let me. Let me explain and give a little bit of a picture of of where I think we should go, and this is how I want to propose doing it, rather than being someone who he's right now seems like he's less interested in taking a stand and and leading out strongly. Um, so we'll see. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt in that area and others, and we'll see where where he takes things. Um, but uh, that's that's a little bit of my two cents. Yeah.
1: Good, good thoughts. I I, I appreciate you saying that the politicizing of things and, and, and not being truthful or maybe not maybe not truthful, but coming out and being who you are really in the in the process of, hey, I'm running for an office. This is who I am. Check my record. Be who I am. Both both on both sides of the aisle. You're right. Last couple of years, and I would say you're right. Decades uh, hasn't been forthcoming. Well, great thoughts, Ethan. Let's go to Don and see what uh, what he's got up his sleeve here.
0: Well, Jeremy,
3: thanks for uh, for introducing that topic, man. I was I, that was exciting. I was getting pumped up just listening to that. I'm podcasting. I'm recording in my in my uh, closet. I <laughs> wanted to make another doorway. Because I want to run through that wall right here. And because that was awesome. And I was pumped up. But I got to ask though, did I miss a memo? Did Joe Biden get elected president? I mean, that no. is an official. So,
1: president elect. And I'm, I president- believe my, my <laughs> intro said that. So, and I don't even okay. like to say that yet. <laughs> But okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough,
0: President Obama. I uh, I actually said his his presidency in the intro, Don, because <laughs> I don't, okay. I still haven't seen enough information that things are going to be overturned. So I'm calling him the president. Right. Okay. Well, you you can you can accept that here to heretic heretic type
3: standing i guess i don't know that's, uh, <laughs> really i didn't know it was like a papal well you know anything well if, know you if, if you want to if you want to fall along with fall in line with the rest of the mainstream that's 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 fine can well, you just define
4: papal <laughs> certified by the states that he will be our president in january Don. have they voted they I don't have no, oh, so, not so yet. No. So he's not
1: the
3: president yet. So okay. no, I just want to make sure. Like,
1: all right. Back to this. Don, it's your, your platform. So and go. So, yeah, but time out.
0: He, he used the word heretic. You don't use the word heretic in politics. Sure. I, feel
1: like this heretic- a, I feel like this is a yeah. debate. Okay, Matt, you got 20 seconds to repeat.
3: So, okay. 100-day mandate for Mr. Biden, who is going to promote this uh, right at the beginning. I will not be partaking in that. I will be. uh, I was just busted at Costco uh, the other day. Just uh, the lady said, uh, can you put your mask on? And I was like, OK, but so I'm going into stores now, not wearing my mask. I'm tired of it. I think it's stupid. Um, I will. And if they tell me if they ask me to, I will say, oh, fine. OK, I've noticed some stores put up these signs where they say uh, that are getting sick of it. I, I've noticed there's some stores around the uh, cities here uh, that have a sign up front that says that they will um, they realize that it is a mask mandate, or whatever the governor is, has imposed on our our state to wear masks uh, in in uh, in a convenience store, for example. And uh, they have said that they, you know, recognize that it is a requirement, but their associates or their employees will not require you or ask of you to wear a mask. I thought that was interesting. So I think. Stores and, and people are starting to get a little salty about this, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Now, you know, with this 100-day mask thing, how is this any different, really, than what we're going through now? I mean, we've got most of the states saying, I mean, how is, a, how is this 100-day mask mandate? going to be any different than what Walls is doing now in the state of Minnesota.
1: Well, wouldn't the difference be that it's coming from the president of the United States as opposed to the governor of a state? I mean, Ethan said it well, this is this is to, you know, let's test the wind here, which how how, you know, how strong is the pushback going to come?
3: Yeah, 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 you're right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is from it is from the president. And. Is this just is this one of those things where they're going to try this out and say, OK, if people follow this, well, then we're going to require then that the vaccine be mandatory. Um, is that is that the next step? Right. I mean, is that what we're all fearing? If he's willing to do 100, 100 day re- mask mandate, then what is he not you know, what is he going to do next? And I think it's a natural progression to go into the uh, requirement of a vaccine. We all have to have it. Joe Biden is is a 50 year career politician that has sold himself out to the highest bidder. I mean, we all know that it's, it's the evidence is clear. I'm very interested in seeing what happens, all the, all that's happening in the, in the courts. I think it, it, I think it's just, it's just exasperating to me because we see truth being presented, but nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care about the truth being presented. And it's just, It's it's frustrating. And when you guys were saying, you know, Ethan, you know, you want to Ethan, you said you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Man, I don't know if I can do that. I think he's he's proven himself to be. Corrupt and uh, someone who is not in line with our values as a nation. I think he's he's that ship has sailed for him. He is totally. I I think he will totally be a sellout to the highest bidder going forward. And um, with his relationship with the his VP, the Senate runoff thing. If that if that goes the way of the Democrats, which I can't see why it wouldn't, considering the uh, voting election results that. However they have are able to manipulate those. I don't see how that's like gonna change. She's going to be the most powerful woman in the world. I think her, her Biden's relationship with Harris is is going to be very significant and he's going to kind of like you said, Jeremy, you don't want to see your leader run you know turn tail and run. And I can't see Joe Biden doing that because he's too much of a good old boy to, to try and 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 uh, portray, give that portrayal off. I don't think he's that weak, but I do think that he's, at the bidding of the, the, of the deep state.
0: Good thoughts. Let's go to Matt. All right, Don, I got something for you for those on the podcast that can't see, uh, I need you to come down Don, to Ohio and connect with our local uh, donut shop. This is what is on there door as they walk in it says face covering mandated by tyrant governor DeWine. <laughs> so i think that probably fits a little bit with don's wow. uh, don's thought on that i don't know if i'd go that far i think uh i think most politicians in this COVID era have got a very challenging time they're trying to do the best they can um but uh, anyway that's that that's for you don uh a couple thoughts. I think this masking thing with Biden is kind of a microcosm of his leadership, kind of flip flopping. Right. He comes out strongly. We're going to mandate it for 100 days. And I think believe just recently he came out and said, well, I'm going to strongly encourage it. I'm not going to make it a mandate because I think he gets feedback and he flip flops different ways. And you've seen that with different political leaders going back and forth. I think even in New York with the closing of the schools and then the reopening of the schools, it just uh I am very concerned that wherever he's getting his thoughts from, whichever uh whichever counselor to Jeremy's point is giving him, you know, the best ear, he's he's flip-flop and he doesn't have that strong leadership and backbone. Uh to me that's that's uh that's very discouraging. Uh, when it comes to actual masking, we've got a mask mandate here in Ohio. So <laughs> it's not going to change anything as far as what I do. Um, it's, it is what it is. I've kind of uh, grown used to it, though, though tired of it at the same time. Uh, I am seriously concerned about uh, his connection with his his vice president. And I think his statement over the weekend um, was it shed light on his ability to lead back when he was vice president for Obama, right? It's And it's the comment where he said, well, if we disagree fundamentally on a, on a very deep moral issue, then I'll just you know feign a disease and resign, right? And so I'm concerned back in his VP days, that's the approach he was taking. But now that he would publicly say that, like, I... It, there had to be some discussion on this i don't think that just pops up i i think there is something deeper and darker going on where in in the look in kamala's eyes almost like yep go ahead puppet yeah i got you right where i want you uh it was just that look and it was just it was just a really 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 bad feel um and so you know i i certainly hope for uh something different but what we're seeing right now is uh is certainly very concerning from my side Hmm.
4: uh ben how about you Yeah, so it's uh, it has been interesting to try to pay attention to all the things going on right now. Seems like it's the floodgates have kind of opened, and there's all kinds of information coming in. It's hard to keep track of it, and it's even more difficult to discern what is true and accurate and what is not. You know, even talking about the masking mandates or how to, um, try to you know get a handle on the pandemic as best we can it seems like you know there can be times where you don't know the news coming out if it's really from a medical uh community with with the knowledge to make a recommendation or if it's just a so-called medical group making a recommendation and, and what's the best way to move forward i think um you know i heard a a doctor from a mayo clinic kind of talk about it that most diseases, there are a lot of varying opinions as more information comes to light and things are being developed and you kind of put the right plan together. But we're at the disadvantage here where we're doing this as a spectator sport where everybody is watching what's happening. And when it, when, you know, even recently the CDC talked about shortening the quarantine time after, uh, uh, close exposure you know down from 14 days down to seven to ten days and you know it's it's so hard to know that um, what is and and then it can it's on the verge of being politicized immediately by whichever side to try to slant it into their view um, so I wish there was a way to do a more um, consistent plan across the country I, I think that could there could be some value there that being said i understand also ethan's thoughts about you know the states we they are individual states with individual states rights and and mandating things from a federal level comes with some challenges too so for you know again for me personally In Minnesota, we've had a mask mandate since the summer. So 100 days is is shorter than we've been doing it already. So, you know, it's not a big difference for me in Minnesota. The things I've seen or heard, it seems to me like masks are um, beneficial to try and to slow the spread of COVID or really any other virus for that matter. Um, It can be beneficial. So I've got no problem with that. I will certainly be watching this Georgia race closely as it all comes to pass. I, like I've said before, I'm very hopeful that it will be um, at least one of those two races will, will go the Republicans way. And then we can have some split of power there between some of the legislative branch and executive branch. So we can try to find a way to work together. To me, that's our biggest issue right now. Um the two sides just the just complete refusal to work together or try to do what's best for the country. I'm not sure that either side really has in mind to do what's best for the country. They're just trying to please their base, no matter what that opinion is. And they're not finding that any areas of compromise. and, And that's my my biggest concern going one of my biggest concerns going forward and i so i'm very hopeful that at least one of those races will be republican and we can have some split so they'll be forced to go to a compromise or at least it'll kind of slow down some of the um you know progressive agenda that's out there so we can really have a little more time to try to do things that are truly best for our country in the future
1: Yeah. Well said, Ben. I think you've got some good points there. Ryan, you're the last one. Bring us home. Regarding the 100 days of masking,
5: no problem. Uh, Several of you have already mentioned this, but we have been doing this for quite a while. There has been a recent study, I think it came out of Denmark, that brought into question the effectiveness of masks. Perhaps some of you saw that. Uh, Like Ben, I have been a believer based upon the overwhelming advice from medical professionals that there is a benefit to masking and we've we've talked about this quite a bit on our on our podcast uh but if, if we do find out more information that they are not effective i don't like wearing them i'd rather not wear them especially when the weather is colder now and my glasses fog up everywhere i go i went into aldi the other day oh that was a nightmare I had my prescription sunglasses on. I had my mask. Actually, I wear two masks. That's how tough I am. I wear two. So I go in there and... I got the my right lens fogged up, and I'm shopping blind the whole trip. I couldn't I couldn't tell what I was getting. I mean, yeah, I could grab general things, but some of the items I was supposed to pick up were very specific. I couldn't read half the things because my my glasses would not unfog. So I I don't enjoy
1: masks. But well, it's good to know that you got muscle memory right to the sweet aisle. You're good.
5: Well, it, it, that is good to know. Yeah, that is for sure. So, yeah. And you're it's right. good to it's know that you're
1: wearing Don's mask. That's awesome. So, Don, you're good.
5: <laughs> Don's got so much viral load coming out of him. I, <laughs> I, I, if there was something more I could do for Don, I would. But no, I can't. I, I can only do so much. Any, Anyway, so uh, I guess where I'm at with masking is it's it's a good idea, but I don't want this to be a permanent thing. Uh, but. Again, I, I'm, I'm hoping the population, with their freedom, will take some responsibility. And what I've heard is that we are seeing spikes in places because people are tiring of masking. They're, they're doing it; they're not doing it when they should be doing it. Whereas the anti-mask crowd will say, "See, we're all masking, and we're still seeing spikes." And so you've got. Side A telling side B they're wrong. Side B telling side A they're wrong. But I, yeah, that's the most recent thing I heard is he said it's not going to be mandated. So I, I think that's the right approach, but um, we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to oppose that. Regarding the relationship with the vice president, I am just still amazed. I don't know if you all ever sit back and reflect on this or not. But Joe Biden, I think this is the third time he's run for president. He's never come anywhere close to to being in the top tier of a Democrat Party nominee. And then you look at his running mate. She was one of the very first nominees to drop out. I shouldn't say nominees, candidates, back when they were having their primaries a year, Two years ago, she was not one of the to first mention the conflict
1: out. between those two.
5: Oh yeah, they they certainly had their moments for sure, uh, racist moments, if you if you will. But think about that. Think about where we've come, and what this virus has done. I I do believe that Trump would have been reelected, but he really botched the way he handled this virus, and now we've got two. You know, with all respect to both of them. Uh, I, I'm going to respect the office, but they, <laughs> they're, they're, they've they been jokes. How, how are they now the top two heading to lead our country? And I don't think either one of them have a spine. And the problem is I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or not but there are people thinking there there's a cabal running the show and if this cabal is revolutionary we're in big trouble because those two aren't going to stand up to revolutionaries you can you can take that to the bank one thing about Donald Trump is he's got a spine <laughs> You may not like what he says. I don't like half of what he says, but you know where he stands and he's going to say what he means. And I don't know if we have that with these two. So if, if it's true that he jumps out of the shower trying to catch his dog's tail and breaks his foot. Next time he does that and he falls and breaks his head, we've got President Harris waiting in the wings. And and that is that is a concern, a slight, slightly greater concern, because I think Joe does try to become a little bit more moderate than Kamala in a lot of ways. So I am more concerned about that relationship than I am with the 100 days of masking.
3: Right. How is uh, right? How is how is Trump botched the virus?
5: (laughs) Well, I. Uh, he – it's not, it's not his fault alone. I, I, would, I, I would even say some of the professionals he's trusted, they have botched it. You could talk about the FTA, FDA botching uh, the testing. That, that's been that's been a disaster. We we've come a long ways with it, obviously, but we we should have been doing much more testing, much better testing early on. And I still don't know why we don't have saliva based at home testing available. It, answer me that. That would be such an easy fix to know who's got the disease. But are you from, talking about a spit?
3: Are you talking about like a spit
5: test? I thought yeah, we had yeah. that. I thought we had that.
4: I had a friend who just had, had a, did a spit test.
5: Yeah. Oh, I I I hope so. Is we, it is it out? Yeah, you can I request don't.
4: it. They'll mail it to you for free.
5: Oh, I got, finally. I've
4: got one on my desk.
1: What? Mm-hmm. Finally. Yep. I was actually yep. going to try that.
5: Good. That's good news. No, but Don, I, I think the fact that he was almost treating it like a hoax early on. And when he came out in that interview recently and said, I didn't want to panic the American people. Uh, I, I, I don't think that goes over very well. You, you need you need to tell the people the truth. And uh, I think I think the other area where he could have handled it better is is with masking. Um, he, when Mike Pence came to Mayo Clinic that one time and he didn't have a mask, that that, that was not a good look. I, I guarantee in Minnesota, he lost a lot of votes because of that, that one situation. So that, that was unfortunate. So if he would have taken it a little bit more seriously and look at how many people, look at his base, look at how anti-masking they are. It, it should not be a political issue. You talk to people all over the world and they're looking at us like, Conservatives and liberals in the United States, that will depend upon whether you mask or not. If you fall into one of those camps, they don't understand that.
1: So to me, that's how he's botched. It. I think there's more to it, though, Ryan. I think there's the issue of is this freedom or is it is it oppression? And I think for most who uh, take that side are saying we're not going to mask, not just because of the virus. It's because of the fact that there's a freedom being infringed on and taken away and or something imposed on them. So, I, you know, I, I think you're making a general statement here that that some would say as a Trump supporter, hey, no, that's not why. I don't wear a mask, and and I'm with you. I, I mean, I've yeah, got but I've Jeremy. Got- Jeremy, you wear a seatbelt. You follow the speed limit. You do other mm-hmm. public
4: safety things that you don't even think twice about, and you do them. This has become a hill to die on for anti-maskers. That doesn't make any sense. Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa wait, wait, to wear a seatbelt—that's obvious. That's proven. Again, we have we have proven statistical uh documentation and data that tells us if we don't wear a seatbelt, we die. We don't still don't know what this coronavirus does. I'm sorry, we just don't. For every every article that says it's right to mask, I can find you, I can get I can provide you an article that says it's 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 a waste of time. I mean, the we just don't know. And I think we have to give the power back to the people to say, decide for yourself. Do what is best for yourself. When we see a government come in and say, nope, you got to do it this way, well, then that just opens the doors to to having us do many other things that we're not going to want to do.
0: But I think when you, when you don't know an enemy, you don't know truly what's going on, you want to choose the more conservative path, though right? You, you want to try to, you want to try to choose that. So again, I'm not a fan of masking overall, but I do feel like when you, in the absence of knowledge and when we got, we're back and forth, back and forth, it's not as clear as a seatbelt in the car. Then I think you do, I'm going to make my mistakes in the side of safety. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I mask up more to prevent that from going out. So I, 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 uh, I tend to lean a little bit more toward uh, Ben on that one.
1: Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not suggesting that I don't wear a mask ever. In fact, we have the mandate here in Wisconsin, and in schools, we have to do that um, inside buildings. We have to do that, and I've been I've been following that as consistently as I possibly can. Now, interestingly enough, I got a cold, even though I was doing that. So. You know, I'm not suggesting that it can stop everything, and I don't think I I am COVID positive just because the symptoms don't line up. However, as we've talked, we have heard we've heard from from some great points all all the way around. From uh, giving the benefit of the doubt and waiting for this thing to play out. From Ethan, Don said, you know, he he is a sellout to the highest bidder. Uh, Matt talked about flip flopping. Ben said, there's a flood of information, and I think he's right on the money And the fact that there's so much information. And he said, quote, what is true and what is not? And I think that is the bottom line for all of this. What we're all struggling with is truth. What is right and what is wrong? What is sickness? What is a virus? What is a killing virus? What is not? What is going to be safe and what is not? And because we don't have those answers, even among us, we're going to disagree at some level, at some, at some strategies because of these things. Um, Ryan said, "Hey, I'm good with masking. Just don't let it be permanent." Um, and then, the question that I think was the the best stated is with the politi- politics of of uh, the Harris uh, pick, Biden's uh, VP pick. Think about where we've come. I think I think that is a a great question to ponder. And as I throw this back over to Matt for our trivia, I think it's important for us to not let these things just diminish in our minds. That, that it stays in the forefront and that we are vigilant to, to still fight for freedom, uh, still fight for those truths, to still fight for that. It may look messy for a while, and there's definitely mud in the water. But at some point here down the road, it, the, the professionals are going to catch up with the plan that Ben talked about. They are going to get us up to speed with some of the best practices of this because we we do live in the U.S. We do live in the the, the richest and the most uh, populous place with research and development at our fingertips. And I think some someday and hopefully sooner than later that comes out. And I agree with Don. I want that to be now, and I'd rather not wear a mask. I'm a, I'm on his camp, but I do until I find out uh, and find out what. Uh, what we can do uh, to to prevent this and hopefully get this to go away. (laughs) Whether the vaccine helps that or not, I don't know. So I'm sure we'll still have continued discussion on this. But uh, for now, that was great, a great topic, great discussion, good points. Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you.
0: No doubt a hearty discussion to start off episode 18. But you guys know what time it is. That's right. It is Six in the Mix Trivia are looking at a total of three points three points available for tonight's trivia uh, we are going to start with question number one again ryan name is your buzzer name is your buzzer make sure you're off of mute and here we go as we sit here on december sixth, we are on the eve of one of the most infamous attacks on u.s ryan. soil ryan go ahead ryan Pearl Harbor.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Excuse>
0: me, <such laughs> great joy. Let me go back and repeat the question. Uh, we had an eager beaver, which was uh, just makes me thrilled to no end. So we are on the eve of one of the most infamous attacks on U.S. soil. In what year did the attack on Pearl Harbor take place? Ben. Go ahead, Ben. 1941. That is correct. <laughs> 1941. Boy, you jumped the gun there, Ryan. Any thoughts?
1: Did you did you know the date?
5: Yes, I knew the date. Sometimes this goes back to knowledge bowl. You just have to try to anticipate what the question is. You gotta get in there and you gotta beat everybody else. But
1: in Knowledge Bowl, did they have you finish the question and no. then give the answer?
0: Nope. Nope. No. Yeah, that was the that was the choice you made, right? The risk reward of risk reward.
5: Yep, yep. All right. And and once uh, once I said my name tonight, I knew it could either be the
0: year or the or the location, and I I guessed location. So. Yeah, in scouts' honor, I did not change the question. It, had you had had that been the question, what was the tack? I would have given you credit. But uh, again, much to my happiness and the joy of our listeners, <laughs> uh, you chose the
5: I'm you not chose sure. the, uh, I'm not the sure wide the, path that the leads, leads to, to destruction. The listeners share in your joy? Do they? Do the listeners share in your joy? <laughs> well, the, yeah, the sure five they of us
1: do. So I guess uh, we'll speak in for them. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was thinking Ethan might have a shot at this one, being the the history buff. But maybe he was being kind to the rest your thoughts ethan uh
2: i i paused for a split second to decide 1942
0: 1941 and ben yeah. beat me to it there you go there you go good work ben all righty all righty yeah that launched us into world war ii there gang so um certainly some uh, some good uh some good times to remember and um again be grateful for again politicians that did have uh spine and, and and entered us into a very uh important world war uh, one that we did end up winning so have you guys been to that
3: that memorial? Yes. Yeah, Jen and I went there um, before we had kids, and uh, we went out to Hawaii and did that memorial. Holy cow, that was unbelievable. And what what gave me the greatest? I mean, I was just in complete awe. Was still seeing the the oil, you know, things bubbling up from the bottom of, and where the ship is, where you go over across. You can still you
0: still see that today. It's crazy. Just yeah. the just still stuff coming to the surface. It's unbelievable good stuff uh let's move into uh some music some music you guys ready in three two one ryan oh. yeah up. go ahead ryan no brigadier crucified with christ
1: uh, got it
0: that is correct that is correct. Yeah, this uh, this one has kind of hit me recently. Jeremy, remember we uh, on camp team? Oh yeah. We uh, we had like a mixtape. I can't remember who made it. Was it Alex? Maybe made it or somebody. But uh, this was one of the tunes on there. And we had uh, you remember this? We had le- for some reason something was going on where Tom Yak and I believe was it Kevin Zach had uh, come Zacharyson had come out and they drove our van back. Right, and we had the d- the tape in the tape in yeah it, it i remember tom Yax came and said you know guys i uh, probably shouldn't have that tape in there but boy we really enjoyed listening to it <laughs> it's like again get another confirmation that man the christian music don't kill plants man yeah. this is good too oh, man, man. man. Drink
1: i it. bought you know? i bought the track to this without the words just so i can sing it it is it is just such a great song oh i love it
0: yeah yeah, it's, uh, it's solid. And this leads into question number three. What is the scripture reference that this song was based off? Ryan.
1: Go ahead, Ryan.
0: Do you need the reference or the whole verse? Oh, I need to know where to go. This is a sword drill, man. Galatians 2.20. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. I'll give you the sounder. There you go. Galatians two twenty, so great a great verse there. So half, half point for each correct answer there. Those were prayers, right. so you just get one point,
2: Ryan, not two. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. I've got some catch up work from the last podcast with all those Yahoo Thanksgiving questions.
0: <laughs> oh, that was that was classic for sure. So that's unbelievable. Right. I, I can't can believe just, I, how did he get this the
3: song? I mean, I didn't even I didn't even heard like three chords yet were out of that song, and he was already already had it. That's incredible. I was going to say, yeah, I was, I, I was, I was going towards, uh, American tail, uh, somewhere. for for some reason oh. I don't
0: know where my mind went.
3: Don't steal I one st- of
0: my thoughts for future. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Tipping that's, my hand. I thought
5: that's where that song was going. I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be good. I, I gotta be honest with you, Don. I've got a, I've got a CD that I put together many years ago that I still listen to. Uh, and, and my whole family listens to it in the car sometimes So it's got, I think, Stephen Curtis Chapman, a couple songs, and then I've got this one from Phillips, Craig and Dean, along with uh, Mercy Came Running. And then I do those, uh, I think, Matt, you did this on a previous podcast, I've got some For Him hymns right in that sure. sequence. Mm-hmm. And then some acapella songs. And then one of our favorites, Scott Cropain, I'm not cool at the very end of it. So I, I've got that on one CD. So it, it is relatively fresh in my, in my ears. You know? <laughs> Scott
0: Cropain there. There's a guy you might hear in a future trivia gang boy. He had some good tunes back in the day. So <laughs> True. Good, good stuff. All right. We're going to turn it over to Ryan for calling your shot.
5: So for calling your shot this week, we're going to take a a close look at uh, our good buddy, Kirk cousins, who is the uh, much heralded quarterback for our Minnesota Vikings that most of us cheer for anyway. And uh, he's been here. I think this is his third year, Ben or Don. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, somebody th- you're number three. He, he came over with a really nice contract. We, we paid him a lot of money to be one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Sometimes, sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he looks like he has no clue what he's doing. Uh, it, it's um, sometimes we're just, as fans left to wonder, uh, is he worth the, the $33 million? But then we want to think back as we've all been alive now for roughly 40 years, we've, we've got the chance to see several uh, Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks. So I'm just curious uh, how you guys would rank Kirk Cousins? We, we've seen some some really exciting quarterbacks over the years. Some some other quarterbacks named Gus um, to, to name to name one out of the bunch that, that may or may not make the list. But uh, yeah, so this is a time to just share what you think of Kirk and then where you'd uh, where'd you rank him in Vikings history. So uh, I'll start with uh, Don.
3: So Kirk Cousins, um, man, good guy. Good Christian guy, right? Good Christian fella, Um, but uh, he's just a mediocre quarterback. Um, The guy, what he's he signed a remember when he came to the Vikes? He came to uh, signed a two year sixty six million dollar contract, and then what this year we extended his contract to three years for eighty four million. Uh, kudos to that guy for for making bank. I mean, I remember when he was in the Washington Redskins and he was just taking the franchise tag for a year just to make money. And he was getting nineteen million one year and twenty three million for another year. I mean, the guy, the guy was just. I mean, think about that. That guy made has made almost close to I think one hundred forty billion dollars in his in his career so far, and he's just a mediocre quarterback. Um He's I don't know of any one good thing he does really well. Can somebody tell me that? I just don't know what he does. That's really Come on, good. man! You know, like, you know, like, like, you know, like Jeff George, man. I love Jeff George. That dude had a cannon for an arm, right? He was, he could, he could put lasers out there. That's what, that's what he was good at, right? Dante Culpepper. He was huge. He was, he had a, he had a good. Good, good arm to throw a deep ball. Too bad he had tiny hands, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, he's just a mediocre quarterback, and I think he ranks down there. I'm, I'm old enough to remember Steve Dills and Tommy Kramer, and <laughs> I, I don't even put him in with Steve Dills for crying out loud. I think he's just a mediocre quarterback. He's wow. like wow. way down, like in the middle. I mean, somewhere. Uh, he hasn't done anything for me. God, that's
0: my wow. Steve Dills. <laughs> I've never heard that name ever. <laughs> Steve Does Dills, I, yeah. Steve, he's know, Steve Dills. Was he before Kramer? He
3: was uh when was he? he battled with Kramer. I think him and Kramer were always uh, in the mix with each other, but uh,
0: Right. Um, and then and then Wade Wilson came after them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, see I remember Wade Wilson Tommy Kramer. I don't remember uh Brother Dills. Yeah, I think he, he was <laughs> Brother Dills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think
3: was it was Les Steckel part of that uh, part of that regime? I believe Steve so. Steve Dills and Les Steckel, what a
4: what a what a tandem! <laughs> so Wikipedia tells me Steve Dills was drafted in 1979 oh. by the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was.
5: Yeah. yeah. So, but but Don, you're you're not you're not ranking cousins above Steve Dills, seriously. <laughs> well, unless he's done something better than Steve Dills, I don't know.
3: I can tell me well, something he's done better than Steve Dills. He's
0: besides made making, a lot more money than brother yeah, Dills. Yeah, besides sure.
3: making more money, exactly. I don't know. I will mean, yeah, give, give him that guy knows how to make some money. But.
5: Wow. Okay. Okay. So so you're you're ranking him very low on the Vikings uh, quarterback chart. Huh? Well,
3: I mean, look at all these these. He's, there's some historically impressive Viking quarterbacks. We were talking Fran, to Dante Culpepper. Um, was it Joe
4: Cap? Um, That's a short list, uh, Don. Yeah,
1: you don't. I mean, <laughs> stop there. Positivity going. here. am Nothing to talk about now, Don. You mentioned them all. Whoa, 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 means- whoa, Warren Moon, <laughs> <laughs> Barvey. <B-B-B-Barbe. laughs>
5: <laughs> That's good. I think we've heard from pretty much every quarterback since 1980, and then Don gave us Tarkenton and Cap going back earlier than that. So great. Okay, all right, we got you, Don. Let's move on to Ethan. Ethan, you were not raised in Minnesota. I think you followed the Vikings a little bit, but I'm I'm wondering have you have you become a Kirk Cousins lover?
2: No, I would not say that. Uh, I, to be fair, I have watched very very limited. I have a very limited perception on actually having watched him the last couple of years. Um, The Vikings games are rarely played uh, down here in North Carolina. And so I've, you know, barely seen him. Um, I do. So the way that I will rate him is two sides of the coin. One is um, he, he will have to do a lot to, uh, make up for some of his shortcomings, I think, uh, in my mind. Um, I do think there there is a saying uh, that probably informs how I'm going to respond. The 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 bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. And so I think, you know, he is fairly mediocre, but there could be a whole lot worse uh, if you look around the dregs of the NFL right now. Amen. And so, you know, if if there was shake, a way, shake what bush? <laughs> exactly, we <laughs> <laughs> If there was a way for the uh, if there was a way for the Vikings to pull a San Antonio Spurs a la early nineteen nineties and um, tank a season and uh, draft uh, Tim Duncan um, as the number one draft pick, I'd love for that to happen. I, I would. I'd be all in favor of them replacing him, but um, but I I don't want to. Experience. I don't want to take the risk of them cutting him and then trying to find a quarterback um, from the trash heap of the NFL right now. So I would say I would agree he is very mediocre. Um, I do think fondly back to the days of watching the the beautiful delivery of Randall Cunningham um, slinging balls with the effortless ease down the field for Moss to catch with his fingertips and dance into the end zone. Um, I, I would I would vote him number one for in my mind, just because of just the pure aesthetics, um, and, uh, just the, the winning elements that he brought, I think in some ways. So he would, he would be first for me, um, and cousins
0: somewhere in the middle of the pack. Got it. Do you guys know the Randall Cunningham rap? Never heard of it. It was it part of the, uh, Chicago bears, 1985 rap. I'm not sure. I just, that would be the Super Here's Bowl how it goes. I got, I got it since Ethan brought it up. Randall Cunningham, quarterback, the guy who everybody wanted to sack. Now you see him. Now you don't. Think you will? No, you won't. That, that's what I learned when – that's the Randall Cunningham rap that I remember. <laughs> Was that, was that your out?
2: second, was that your third day, uh, third grade um, English literature product, project? <laughs> I
0: think, yeah, I think so. I don't think I was paying much attention. We were, we were in uh, recess or something, but I think that was, I think they came up with that when he was, it was before he came to the Vikings. <laughs> who did he, who was he the, when he oh, was with uh, was the it Eagles? Philly? The Eagles. Yeah. Right. Philly. They yeah. hated, the hated dirty birds.
5: Yeah. Matt, did you by chance, just by chance now share that rap on WCTS
0: ever. <laughs> no, no. Even in my mind, I couldn't finagle a way to get that on the air. So there there was no hip hop on WCTS that much. I can <laughs> the only, I, I, even I had to draw a line.
2: The only good thing I have to say for Kirk cousins is he's the only Vikings quarterback that actually has a chance to get them to the promised land. And so I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep hoping and wishing uh, as long as he's there, but, I don't have a lot of hope. It's it's a it's a pretty slim thread.
4: And then we'll wish for the next guy. And <laughs> yeah, we'll wish for the next guy after that.
5: <laughs> okay, I got you down, Ethan. So we, he, middle tier, and your preference is the great Randall Cunningham. That's a that's a fair note, and I'm actually in sync with that. How about you, Ben?
4: So I'm trying to remember the stat I saw on today's game that they flashed up there about quarterbacks who've had um as many years of 3,000 passing yards and 25 touchdowns as kirk and it, it was an impressive list it was some of the better quarterbacks playing right now tom brady and some others and but what comes to me out of that is uh i remember to me, it it still feels a bit like Kirk is just a stats guy. He, he has great fourth quarters when we're losing by three touchdowns, but but that's kind of where he shines. <laughs> well said. Um, although I, I will say this, you know, I, I'm. I mean, I, I think he's played well this year. I think this is his best year he's had so far with the Vikings. And I, I do remember back to last year's playoff game against the Saints and how he drove us down the field in overtime, threw that nice deep ball to Thielen and and basically won that game for us. You know, I, I'm... I, my. Fingers are crossed that that is some kind of a turning point where now he can have a little more poise. The last two weeks, we've had very close games into the fourth quarter against Carolina and Jacksonville, and we've found a way to win. Now the opposing team has helped us a fair amount in both of those games, but you know Kirk hasn't made a, a crazy blunder at the end um, <clears throat> as much as maybe he had the first couple of years he was here. So for me, yeah, he's probably... In the upper half, maybe the top third, but I think it's a short list. Unfortunately, I think we've talked about that already of great Vikings quarterbacks. Um, so yeah, I, I like Kirk Cousins. I'm hoping he can continue to, to come on and, and develop that clutch gene a little more than he's perhaps displayed so far, but, um, I'm hopeful he's does have some physical ability, so I'm hopeful he can continue to progress. And, um, so yeah, I'll put him, I'll put him in the top third. I'll be more optimistic than everybody else. I'll put him in the top third.
5: All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that optimism. It's, it's good to hear that out of the group every once in a while. (laughs) All right, Jeremy, what you got?
1: Well, my story with Minnesota sports really starts in '96. So, you know, oh, no, my-
5: hold, on, hold on, Jeremy, one second. I, I I wanted to give you the proper introduction. I was going to say Jeremy is not from Minnesota originally. You know that he comes from Arizona, where they have given us great giants like Kurt Warner, Carson Palmer, and Neil Lomax. So, Jeremy, I apologize for <laughs> oh, that intro.
0: Go
1: oh, ahead. <laughs> Wow. I don't even know what to say to that. But <laughs> as I digress, I came in at 96 to the um, world of Minnesota sports. And really, it was a, a baptism of all these, all you guys just, you know, knowing the histories. And I I have to tell you that I gained an appreciation for the NFL because of watching You guys watch the games, okay? Because I grew up in Arizona. We didn't even have a football team when I was growing up. Then it was the Phoenix Cardinals, changed to the Arizona Cardinals. And I was in high school by the time. There was no no deep roots there at all. The closest roots I had was Denver, and that was about it. So I get to Minnesota. You guys are all bleeding purple. And it doesn't matter if they are the worst team out there with the worst quarterback – Everybody is in front of the television watching this game as if it is the NFL uh, Super Bowl, and everybody's on on pins and needles. So I, I do have to give you guys credit for for you know kind of instilling that that desire of even caring about a team. So yeah, the as far as Kirk is concerned, though, to me he plays a lot like a sophomore in high school, he's passed his freshman year. He's got his feet wet and he's working toward something good, but what? I mean, we haven't quite seen it yet, Ben, I think you're a little optimistic in the top third, although he does have those flashes. I mean, I was watching today, just happened to get the game watching today. And I was thankful to see him pull it out. They kicked the field goal game. win. you know, games won. And you see his, you know, you see this kind of building. But he, to me, he's just a sophomore yet. He's maybe at the late season of his sophomore year. I kind of want to see what he's going to do in the next couple of years. If he can get that notch of, of I, I've got, I've got confidence. I know how to do this in the in the crucial moments and the critical plays where I can get it done. Great. But if we keep seeing just, you know, the the year after year of messing up and I understand it's it's the it's the surrounding team as well. But it stems from your quarterback. There's no doubt in the NFL. So he's not quite in the middle tier. Um, He's not quite in the upper third. So, uh, you know, somewhere between there. That's that's where I place Kirk. Thank you, Jeremy.
5: So that leaves a couple of us here left. Matt, you're, uh, you'll are you be the second to last one to go before I, I share my thoughts. So what do you think?
0: Uh, one thought to Ben, who said in the fourth quarter, Kirk Cousins shines bright and doesn't really have uh, any of the gaffes. That's because he's 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 executed all the gaffes earlier in the game. And <laughs> he, he's, all, he's all dried up with gaffes. That being said uh kirk cousins when he has protection is elite he's a fan his deep ball is one of the best when he has time when he is under duress he is one of the worst quarterbacks and today's game is a perfect example right he's under a little bit of duress he just chucks it to dalvin cook assuming he's he's he, dalvin i didn't even turn his back and it's a pick six last game you know can't keep the ball hold it and that's a it's a fumble return for six um and, and so he's if we can protect him, which we've proven we can't really do that, but when he has time to throw, he is, he is elite. I do believe he's one of the better quarterbacks that we've had. He has brought some stability where we didn't have stability. Uh, but for me, as far as the greatest Vikings quarterback of all time, and I, for me, it's not just about the quarterback position. It's what that quarterback led us. Uh, the year, the first year that we had, uh, Brett Favre was the greatest, for me, the greatest Viking season that I was a part of. Um, the electricity, the juice, um, Obviously, it finished just woefully in in New Orleans, but uh, that was the funnest, the most exciting uh, Vikings year. And so for me, Brett Favre is the greatest uh, Vikings quarterback. And hopefully, in about three to four years, we'll get Aaron Rodgers uh, after he's done in Green Bay, and we'll have another. I think he will he will take us to the promised land for the second time. Because
1: remember, Wow, Cousins has taken us to the promised land this year. I'm curious as to how Ben's wife would uh, would uh, answer that or or decide about that. Do you think Do you think Aaron's going there? There's no way. <sighs>
4: Yeah, I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think in a, a few years, he'll be on his way to Minnesota. No, I, I do remember Either those. They're bear the Bears, one of the two. Yeah, speaking to Matt, 2009, I remember that game against the Saints like it was yesterday. I had a four-month-old, and for the entire second half, I remember standing and kind of just bouncing him back to sleep over my screams at the television as that as the officials took that game away from us. But yeah, it, it, was, right. it was wild.
5: Well, thanks, guys. I think, uh, I think I'll put a cap on this and say if we're looking at character, I think Kirk Cousins is our best ever. If we're looking at cash flow, he's our best ever. If we're talking about on-the-field performance, I, I just wish I could trust him every single game out. I mean, you've all made good points, and because of that – I'm going to actually put him in the top 20% uh, of our quarterbacks. So uh, if the line does hold up, he does perform pretty well. But I think I would have had him higher up earlier in the year but week two uh, I started him on my fantasy team and he got me 1.52 points and that just that just turned it over for me (laughs) how how do you score 1.52 points as a quarterback in the NFL I could have easily had him a top two quarterback but
0: no he had to do that so you are not you're not putting fantasy points in as it relates to Kirk Cousins and his actual football viability oh yeah Oh, Oh, I'm not, I'm not surprised in the slightest. Matt, 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 do you not know Ryan? Come on.
1: (laughs) He probably also played a video game with him in there and lost. And that probably also (laughs) took him out a little bit. Like, man, he did not perform. Um, He's benched.
5: Ethan, uh, stand up for me here, brother. Stand up for me. <laughs> In what way would you like me to stand up for you? Just Kirk Cousins' just, way. That last, that last allegation. Toss it out of here, please. Will you?
2: Oh no, it's it's got a ring of truth. <laughs> <laughs>
5: All right. Well, hey, uh, that was that was fun. He, he certainly is a guy that talk radio can love or hate on a given Sunday. So he's uh, he keeps us on our toes. So with that, I'll turn it over to Ben for the feel good story.
4: All right, feel good story of the week. So we're just a few days past Thanksgiving here. And uh, here's my feel good story of the week. So there was a couple in uh, the Chicago area that had planned uh, for a long time in advance, a big wedding uh, to happen over Thanksgiving weekend. And of course, uh, Chicago has similar restrictions to a lot of places around the country right now. So they were unable to have that uh, big ceremony and reception and meal and everything. But uh, this couple decided they they donated um, 200 meals, $5,000 worth of reception food to a local nonprofit who um, typically has a large gathering for their clients, um, some homeless and and folks dealing with some mental illness. But they donated that money and all that food to this organization. The organization then took all those meals, spread them around town to their clients who couldn't afford to have a Thanksgiving meal, and uh, just blessed them with a Thanksgiving meal uh, for their families. And again, it was 200 meals around the Chicago area. So they took what, you know, for a lot of people, you know, as we maybe think back to our wedding days, and maybe this even rings more true for our wives, but just all the planning and preparation and emotions that go into a wedding. And and, and all of those events. But they they took that lemon and, and really found a way to turn it into lemonade and, and be a blessing to people uh, throughout the community there uh, where their wedding was planned in the Chicago area. So that was a that was kind of a feel good story for me when I read that. I thought it'd be a good feel good story of the week for us this week.
0: No, that's great, Ben. Thanks for sharing. All right. We uh, close it out with Fix Your Eyes. Turn it over to Ryan. Thanks, Matt. So we've heard from
5: everybody in the group so far regarding their testimonies. Uh, we've we've spent several weeks just sharing our story of faith, and I'm the last one to share here. And so I just wanted to to do that tonight, and. Um, it's almost been 40 years, uh, really, since I, I put my faith and trust in Christ, which which seems like <laughs> hard to fathom, Get, getting close to four decades. You know, we, we sometimes can't believe how old we are, but then we think about our salvation story. And, and depending on who you talk to, it, their salvation story might be recent. It could be an adult who came out of a rough life. Um, but like many of you guys, uh, my salvation story... It started a long time ago uh, when I was five. So, growing up, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but my mom, um, she was single. My dad left her when I was born. And one of the reasons he left my mom was because she had recently uh, trusted in Christ and was saved. And um, my brother, followed suit shortly thereafter. So I guess fast forward in my life to about the age of five, this would have been the summer of 1982. And at that point, my mom had us attending our local Baptist church regularly. And uh, we were there for every service. So I was at that early age hearing a steady diet of, of messages, gospel messages. But it was actually at Vacation Bible School on June 10th of 1982, uh, when I actually Came to faith in Christ. I recognized my need as a as a sinner, and I needed a Savior. Uh, I recognized I faced eternity in hell, um, and it was after a vacation Bible school message toward the end of the week there. Uh, I met with my youth pastor's wife, uh, Mrs. Flink, and she uh, she met with me downstairs and reviewed some verses out of Romans, and I was uh, I was saved and. Really, ever since then, um, I guess I should mention I was baptized the following month, recognizing that was an important next step, not part of salvation itself, but recognizing uh, identification with Christ, following Scripture's command. I did so. <laughs> I've come across tape of that recently, and it's it's pretty interesting. I, I don't know where the tape is now, so don't ask me to play it on demand. I can't do it, but you can hear the panic in my voice because I didn't know how to swim. And I, as I'm as I'm heading to be baptized, I'm kind of like ah, you know, help, or something like that. It was pretty funny, but um, certainly that that was an important step that that was taken, um, identifying with Christ at that point. And the bulk of my life, I, I've spent in the church and. I've never had times of, of serious rebellion or, or falling away where I've said, "Hey, this this Christian faith thing is not for me." It's I've never said this. This is crazy. I, I think, like some of you have mentioned, you certainly ask questions and say, "You know, am I truly saved?" Especially, I think Ben, you mentioned this when, when it happened so young. Um, it was it legitimate, and uh, certainly, I have failed the Lord many times. Um, but he, he is gracious and he is faithful to me over the course of life. And some of the points that have echoed true with you, some of your salvation stories that, that I just wanted to mention again, because I think it's important. Growing up, it was easy to turn on the TV and hear, hear a Billy Graham crusade and just see what could become. A very easy path to to so-called salvation, in terms of saying a prayer. If it's if it's a certain prayer that is mentioned, or some easy flip the switch and boom, here say this and you're saved. But I appreciate hearing from some of you guys that that faith, it's not just the decision you make at that point in time, uh, but it's it's ongoing. And it, and it persists. It abides with you. It, it is legitimate. Uh, and again, it's it's not making you perfect, as we all sin, trying to reach our, our sanctification in Christ, which is a daily, ongoing battle for me. But um, I want to I want to echo that. I think it's important that we take time and echo that because there seems to be so many different ideas out there about how a person can be saved, but it's, it's really about, are you looking to Christ? Have, have you recognized that you are a sinner, you need a savior, um, God is the judge, and when you stand before him someday, will you be able to acknowledge, I have trusted in Christ, the perfect sacrifice for me? Um, certainly my, my life, it, I've been blessed to have a lot of neat experiences across the country. But I I look back on it now and I I say, wow, how did that happen? How did that happen? Okay, okay, Lord, back in 2013, 2014, when I finished my graduate work and I, I did not become a Christian school administrator and I was asking why, where? What, what, what happened? Where are you? Uh, he has proven himself faithful in, in, in getting me through some of these tough times. And uh, you, you can see his hand and I'm sure all of you guys can can say the s- same thing as you look back and see how the Lord has has brought you through things. And I, I can't even imagine where my life would be today uh, if I were on my own and without Christ. And so um, I'm, I'm just grateful that for, what what is this now, 38 and a half years, um, He's been faithful to me. I have not been as faithful to him for sure, uh, but I'm, I'm thankful that he remains faithful even when we are faithless. And so I, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to share that tonight.
0: That's great. I think uh, we've certainly enjoyed sharing testimonies, and Ryan, certainly appreciate you sharing and encouraging us uh, along those lines. Well, that is a wrap on episode 18 on this, the sixth day of December, year of our Lord 2020. This was Six in the Mix talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at Six in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.